BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Imagine a society with a digital dollar and no cash, where every penny you have could all be tracked. That's why thousands of Americans have decided to opt out of the government's plans by talking to GoldCo and putting a portion of their savings into physical gold and silver. Right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how you could get started today. That's HannityGold.com. Hey, what if your home's title, which is the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, that's called home title theft, and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online, and then they'll forge your signature, they'll take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminal's not taking over the title to your home? You can find out with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. My friends at MyPillow, my buddy Mike Lindell, told me he was coming out with a brand new product. It's called the New Mattress Topper. So I got the New Mattress Topper immediately, and I've been sleeping on it now for a couple of months. It's the best thing you've ever felt in your life. Now, you literally have MyPillow Foam for Support. It's a transitional foam that helps relieve pressure points. And it's ultra soft, patented temperature regulating cover. And I got to tell you, it has a 10 year warranty, a cover that's washable and dryable. It's made in the USA, backed by their 60 day unconditional money back guarantee. Once you try this new mattress topper, you put it right over your mattress, you will never sleep better. And right now, you, my radio listeners, you're going to save 30% off when you go to mypillow.com and use the promo code TOPPER. And by the way, Mike will also give you two standard MyPillows absolutely free. All right, so try MyPillow.com promo code TOPPER, promo code TOPPER for this great deal and the best night's sleep you ever had. All right, glad you're with us. And write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. 11 days till the all-important midterm elections. Some good news. The mail bomb suspect has been arrested. Apparently, this guy living in Florida, I'm looking at Yahoo News, and they're right up on it. Their headline is, Mail Bomb Suspect Displayed Rage and Love for Trump on Social Media Pages. In other words, he was nuts. Um, anyway, it's linked to a guy by the name of Cesar uh, Sayuk, as I don't know how to fully pronounce it. But anyway, um, according to uh, Yahoo News, he displayed evidence of emotional turmoil, political anger and rage before he was arrested. Now, we have 13 confirmed bombs that he had put together and mailed out, many to prominent Democrats and activists and members of the media 
there are multiple Facebook accounts, a LinkedIn account, a Twitter page that appear to belong to him. They show his name and display many photos that strongly resemble the guy that was taken into custody by the FBI today. By the way, we do have the greatest law enforcement agencies in the world. That's why when we were dealing with, you know, all these corrupt players, which we will get back to at some point, and Comey and McCabe and and Strzok and Page and and others and others in the Justice Department like Bruce Ord and Ellie Orr and you know, I would always go out of my way to say not the rank and file because these are a few rogue, powerful upper echelon guys that were involved in wrongdoing, not not the rank and file guys. This is what they do every day. And their ability to get this done so expeditiously is just a tribute to their professionalism and what they do. Maybe we should never have taken the Hillary investigation out of the hands of the field office guys, the special agents that do the hard work every day. That was the first sign things were going wrong for Comey's FBI. Anyway, so there were multiple social media accounts and pictures and, and photos that strongly resemble the guy. Uh, he describes himself as an entrepreneur, as he put it on LinkedIn, a promoter, a booking agent, live entertainment, owner, choreographer, multiple pictures. The person can be seen wearing a pro-Trump Make America Great Again hat and attending some Trump campaign rallies in the months leading up to the 2016 election. The Facebook pages regularly promoted articles of some bizarre conspiracy theories, et cetera, et cetera, and apparently allegations that Hillary Clinton sold weapons to a jihadist group and claimed Democrats were buying votes, et cetera. So, you know, it was kind of on the fringes type of, of person. Um, and wake up, America. The FBI director warns of an attack never seen before here in America will happen. We can't afford to risk American lives with Hillary Clinton. Um, and she was one of the people that was targeted by by all of this. But other postings, you know, um, if you look at uh that they don't seem to express admiration for Trump's politics. So you got the other side of this, you know, crediting Trump on the one hand with strategies with helping him open up a sports bar. I don't know why he would put that up there in any way. That seems a little odd and weird. And uh, But I think what we're dealing with is somebody with great instability. This one is from MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell, a promise to repay your, to reply to your threats. You know, we will answer in coming to see you soon. And uh, with his arrest, by the way, it means one lunatic, one maniac is off the streets. Thank God. And um, we uh, we have to just credit law enforcement for the good work that they do. I mean, it's amazing. The DNA trail led to this Florida man. He had his fingerprints on some of these bombs. They, basically, there were small PVC bombs. And from what we can determine, they all had powder in them, some type of electric some type of electrical connection device. Director Ray described it. Here's a little bit of what he had to say. In that yep. effort, in getting those devices to our lab from around the country, we can confirm that 13 IEDs were sent to various individuals across the country. Each device consisted of roughly six inches of PVC pipe, a small clock, a battery, 
some wiring and what is known as energetic material, which is essentially potential explosives and material that give off heat and energy through a reaction to heat, shock, or friction. Though we're still analyzing the devices in our laboratory, these are not hoax devices. I want to focus for a moment on the amazing work of our folks at the FBI lab. Based on their initial analysis, they uncovered a latent fingerprint from one of the envelopes containing an IED that had been sent to Congresswoman Maxine Waters. We have confirmed this fingerprint is that of Cesar Sayoc. There is also a possible DNA connection between samples collected from pieces of two different IEDs mailed in separate envelopes and a sample previously collected from SEAC in connection with an earlier arrest down in Florida. This is phenomenal work with the greatest pressure under an incredibly tight time frame. We see unbelievable work like this on TV and in Hollywood, but to see it up close in reality is something to behold. And we are so proud of our team at the lab for their work in keeping people safe and helping us to find the individual responsible. Late last night, we also turned to our partners in the Florida Department of Law Enforcement for confirmation of this DNA connection, and we want to thank them in particular for their very quick work. I also want to thank the men and women of the FBI's Counterterrorism Division, who remained on high alert every to try to keep the American people safe from harm, and who move quickly and efficiently into action every single time. Today's arrest doesn't mean we're all out of the woods. There may be other packages in transit now and other packages on So we need the help of everyone out there, every citizen, everyone in law enforcement, everyone we've got to help with this investigation in the days to come. If you've got any information, please call us on our tip line at 1-800-CALL-FBI or our email line, tips.fbi.gov. No piece of information is too small. Every tip could be the one that leads to something very important. And of course, if you see something suspicious, suspicious activity, please call your local authorities. We need all hands on deck. We need to stay vigilant. Finally, I want to thank our partners. Too many to name from across the country because we cannot do this work alone. Everyone up here today understands that, and we take that to heart every single day as we do the hard work together of protecting 325 million Americans. Now I'd like to turn the podium over to Commissioner O'Neill from the Director Ray uh, confirming that they believe they have the main suspect. They are worried that there might still be some that have been recently mailed. They're on the lookout for that. But it looks like they have DNA evidence now that ties it to this one guy. And uh, they have analyzed it, confirmed it. And, you know, these guys are amazing. This is what they do every day. You know, the sad thing about all of this, you know, I want to remind you, because, uh, you know, I've lived through some of this myself, and I'll explain that in a minute. But, you know, remember when Bernie Sanders, he had one of his supporters shot Steve Scalise, shot up all these Republicans in a ball field. They nearly killed Steve Scalise. In fact, it's, he's a walking miracle. And I know because I, I knew what, was, what he was really going through at the time. It was far worse than was reported. 
And uh, people wanted to blame Bernie Sanders. I said, you can't blame Bernie Sanders for what one nut does. Listen. Now, I'm I'm not going to do what the left does here. Bernie Sanders is not responsible for what one of his stupid supporters have to say. Because most Bernie Sanders supporters are not violent and not out there trying to kill Republicans. And Bernie said he was sickened by the entire, you know, anti-GOP massacre here. All right. And I believe him. And I said that, and just like I said in the years gone by, do you remember when the one guy broke into the White House when Obama was president? And this, there came up a number of times, I have a number of tapes, saying that we've got to protect our politicians. I'm no fan of Obama's policies, but protecting our elected president is, is job one for all of us as Americans. He is our elected leader, whether you like it or not. And here's what I said. Mr. Speaker, you're going to have strong feelings about this. We've now learned that... This guy that broke into the White House, not only did he get in the door, but he knocked down a Secret Service agent, went into three different rooms of the White House and passed the stairs that would have gone right up to the the residence of of the Obamas. That is extraordinarily chilling to me. Well, yeah. I mean, you're talking about protecting the president of the United States of America, and it's just there's no room for error. You've got to protect our president. That, That represents the free world. So they've got a very difficult job. They've got to almost be perfect. And anytime any incident happens, uh, lately it's becoming pretty high profile. Well, and-, and if we're not protecting our president, we're not protecting our leaders. We've got a big problem. The rest of the world is watching this. So I said that many, many times. You know, and I say this only because um, there's this idiot on fake news CNN. His name, what's his name? John Avlon. Somebody who's taken cheap shots at me a number of times over the years. And I want to play for you what he said, because he basically links the bomb sent to De Niro to me. Let's just play that part when he basically is blaming me. Listen to this. What Sean Hannity says had a direct link. Well, mayhem. We don't we don't know who it is. We don't know the motive. But what was fascinating is you see a direct pattern between the president's attacks on Twitter and, and the stage. It being echoed and amplified by Fox News and other folks in the contrivagentsia. But De Niro's not like the others, right? Well, why Robert De Niro? Well, one of the things I found was is that October 15th, Sean Hannity was doing a whole segment blasting De Niro for things he said on the Alec Baldwin show, of all things, in which he said that Trump allies will regret it because they made a deal with the devil. So that all of a sudden becomes Trump. Uh, Robert De Niro is calling the president a devil and us devil worshipers in effect, you know? Um, it's the playing the victim card, but it was top of mind 10 days ago. And it's interesting that we see what is that when we find out who this is, um, because some of these figures are, are more prominent on the on the campaigns being prosecuted. So he's basically media. blaming me because De Niro got one of these packages. Well, let's listen to De Niro and the things that I've been critical of De Niro about. Let's listen to what maybe I was talking about. I mean, he's so blatantly stupid. He's a punk. He's a dog. He's a pig. He's a con, a bull artist, a mutt who doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't do his homework, doesn't care, thinks he's gaming society, doesn't pay his taxes. He's an idiot. Colin Powell said it best. He's a national disaster. He's an embarrassment to this country. It makes me so angry that this country has gotten to this point, that this fool, this bozo has wound up where he has. He talks how he wants to punch people in the face. Well, I'd like to punch him in the face. Today, the world is suffering from the real Donald Trump. Come on, let's go. What are we talking about? Let's clap for that. 
This f***ing idiot is the president. It's I don't have a lot of time no to clothes. play it all here, but imagine, you know, him talking about the president wanting to punch the president in the face. You would think CNN would agree with me that that's incendiary rhetoric or those that want to dream of blowing up the White House. And I've got a whole montage I'm going to put together. You know, this this is so close to slander. This is right there on the line. And I have my lawyers looking at it right now because I am not, you know, it's so over the top. You would have thought, you would think that John Avalon would join me in saying Robert De Niro's incendiary rhetoric of wanting to punch the president is a threat to the president of the United States. And frankly, that's something I think the Secret Service should have looked into. But I have a history of saying we ought to protect all our presidents. Words don't make people do things. Now, I think it's been irresponsible of Maxine Waters and company to get in people's faces and create crowds and and gas stations and department stores and restaurants and you tell them they're not wanted here anywhere anymore. And the CNN has been critical. How dare people like Hannity call it a mob? Their silence has been deafening. And we'll get to all of this today. And uh, we're 11 days from Election Day, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Attention all patriots, are you in the market for a new gun? Well, the USCCA is on a mission to get more guns into the hands of more responsibly armed Americans. So they want to give you seven free chances to win the ultimate concealed carry package worth $1,500. That's a brand new gun holster, magazines, and all the ammo you need to break it all in. Entering is easy, quick, and 100% free, but you're running out of time. Your chance to win vanishes Halloween at midnight. And remember, you'll get seven free chances to win. Simply text CARRY to the number 87222 for the official rules and to instantly lock in your seven free chances to win. It's that easy. Just get your phone out right now and text CARRY, that's C-A-R-R-Y, to the number 87222. This is your absolute last chance, and this is too easy and way too valuable to pass up. Text CARRY, C-A-R-R-Y, to 87222 right now. That's it. Just imagine getting 1500 bucks for doing something so easy. Get your seven free chances for the ultimate concealed carry package right now. Text CARRY to the number 87222. Text CARRY to 87222. All right, as we roll along, 800 Sean. So you're not going to get, this is the double standard in the media. You get conservatives that say you can't hold Bernie Sanders responsible because one of his nutty supporters went out there and shot somebody. But it's there. There is an obsession to always blame conservatives for the actions of some of these nutcases. And that appears to be the media talking point for the hour for the day here. Um, You know, if you expose somebody as being absolutely insane, you, you know, it doesn't matter what their politics are. It matters that we keep America safe. You know, when when I go out there and say I'm not going to go into the silly, ridiculous road of saying, well, because that guy liked Bernie Sanders and he shot up Republicans on a ball field, then Bernie must support that. I said just the opposite is true. You know, it is beyond reckless and irresponsible for CNN and all of them to ignore the rhetoric of De Niro and Madonna. I think an awful lot about blowing up the White House. They call the president 24-7 on that network a liar. They've gone deep into the conspiracy theory of Trump-Russia collusion with no evidence, but ignore such collusion when we do have evidence as it relates to Hillary. They fall into the, oh, the Kavanaugh standard, but only because he's a Republican or appointed by a Republican, but they're in love with the Clintons. They're in, nobody vets Keith Ellison or Cory Booker. It's always hypocrisy. 
you know, you look at the hearings and who's been warning that horrible things are going to happen if the rhetoric doesn't calm down? It's been me. For the most part, CNN and these other networks have been silent when Republicans are confronted everywhere. With only a kite, a house key, and wet hemp string, Benjamin Franklin captured lightning in a bottle. Over 260 years later, with a little resourcefulness, ingenuity, and grit, we're not only capturing energy from the sun and wind, we're storing it, ensuring Americans have the energy they need whenever they need it. Learn more about the nation's leader in energy storage at nexteraenergy.com. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? (laughs) Does one of us have to come out alive? (laughs) Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Please, don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the Hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. For when he was elected, what I wrote on Twitter was we should impose martial law till we make sure that the Russians weren't involved in the final tallies of the vote. And people were like, martial law, what's wrong with you? You're a lunatic. You're- well, he wants to send the military to the border, so. I want to send the military to the White House to get him. <laughs> you know, I had a dream the other night about that I was playing golf with Donald Trump and I was standing beside him with a club in my hand and I was, you know, considering my options when I suddenly woke up. You know, it was one of those dreams when you want to just get back to sleep so you can finish it, you know? Put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. He'll tear him up. I need you to go out and talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors. I want you to talk to them whether they're independent or whether they are Republican. I want you to argue with them and get in their faces. Press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets. Ordinary people who simply saw what needed to be done and came together and supported those ideals who have made the difference. They've marched. They've bled. Yes, some of them have died. This is hard. Every good thing is. We have done this before. We can do this again. Boys, I'm concerned the Tea Party can go straight to hell. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. Oh, Ivanka's going to be our saving grace, you know, when he's about to nuke Finland or something. She's going to walk into the bedroom and, you know, yeah, daddy, daddy, don't do it, daddy. He's a punk. He's a dog. He's a pig. He's a con, a bull artist, a mutt. He's an idiot. He talks how he wants to punch people in the face. Well, I'd like to punch him in the face. Trump. It's no longer down with Trump, it's Trump. And in that orderly and formal way, 
and lawful way, we need to overthrow the government of the United States under Donald Trump. But Michelle says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. When they go low, we kick them. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. Yeah, that's what the new Democratic Party is about. Kick them. We can't be civil. Let's throw rocks through Kevin McCarthy's uh, office window. You know, let's go out there and and we're going to get in their faces and we're going to confront people and create crowds and we're going to tell them you're not wanted anywhere anymore. You know the amazing thing? Just how dead silent the news media has been. I don't have a lot of time that I'm going to waste here yet on John Avalon or whatever his name is over at Fake News CNN. Well, De Niro's not like the others. Why Robert De Niro? But what I found is Sean Hannity was do we just heard De Niro and what De Niro was saying about the president, our president. De Niro saying that he wants to punch the president in the face. Did they do any research over there, you know, over at Fake News CNN? Any at all? We see a pattern between the president's attacks on Twitter and and stage being echoed and amplified by Fox News. Why Robert De Niro, Sean Hannity, October 15th, that old segment blasting De Niro. Oh, so that's why he got a package from this lunatic bomber, because he must have heard Sean Hannity playing De Niro's own words, calling the president a punk, a dog, a pig, a con, a BS artist, a mutt and saying that he wants to punch him out. I want to punch him in the face. I'm not going to stop calling, pointing out the calls for violence against the president. That, frankly, is the right thing to do. Why didn't he join me is a question he needs to answer. As the re- like, Just like CNN with the mobs we have been witnessing. You can't even say the word mob when you watch women and children being run out of restaurants. It's been conservatives that have been saying this, got, this has got to stop. When you see people like Ted Cruz getting chased out of restaurants by a mob. Oh, you see, you're not you, going to use the mob I will, word Oh, here. It's, it's totally a mob. It is without a there's doubt. A it's, it's a, there's no other word mass. for it. It's a, go on, show, put up a the mob. Video of Ted. Stop, stop. That is mob behavior. How many times yeah. that Look, oh, Everybody stop, everybody That's stop. Matt, we already did that. We yeah. already said they weren't mobs. No, it's not mob behavior. Yes, it it's is. people who are no, upset and they're angry not. with the way the the way the country is going and the policies oh, that these so people. Just, Will you let me finish, Matt? Please, door. before you jump in. Okay. This is CNN. The same De Niro who's screaming "F Trump" at the Tony Awards. He's so blatantly stupid. A punk. A dog. A pig. A con artist. A BS artist. A mutt. The destroy Trump media completely ignoring what is the left's vile calls for violence on numerous occasions now going on for two years. Like, you know, fantasizing about blowing up the White House. I dream an awful lot about blowing it up. I'm not going to stop calling, pointing out calls for violence against the president. Imagine these words used by any conservative during the Obama years or the Clinton years. If you're a person of goodwill, like I am. You deplore violence of any kind. We can settle our political differences at the ballot box in 11 days. And when you call out fake news for what it is, that is not in any way. So I need to be clear for stupid people that want to purposely misinterpret words of people. When you call them out for having an agenda 
for being fake and phony and fraudulent. That is just telling the truth that they don't want to hear. Or when you point out that they spend basically every second of every minute of every hour of every day demonizing a president trying to delegitimize a duly elected president. When people say that they care about the truth first and they say they really want to get to the bottom of Trump-Russia collusion and Russia collusion at all or Russian influence at all and totally and completely and utterly ignore the candidate of their choice, obvious choice, buying Russian lies, disseminating those lies to the American people in the lead up to an election. That's that's not news. That is strong opinion. And that is it's not even opinion. All it is is propaganda and misinformation. You know, I don't. But with that said, I'm the one that was saying in the Obama years, protect the Obamas. Protect the president, protect the first family, protect all politicians. We saw what happened in the Kavanaugh hearings. I didn't see many Democrats on any of these fake news networks saying that uh, we need to stop spitting at senators. We need to allow senators to walk the halls freely without being accosted. I even said that it might be a good idea that we we clear the halls of the House and Senate because things are too hot and I don't want to see anybody hurt or worse. You know, but when you have fake news people desperate to get any attention and any ratings, they politicize only those things that they think benefits their political side. I guess it would have been easy after Steve Scalise was shot and the shooting took place in the softball field for me to say, well, that guy's a Bernie supporter. Bernie Sanders encouraged this. He's the one responsible. But if I did that, it would be as dishonest as they are. You blame the people themselves. They're responsible for their own behavior and actions. Now, with that said, I'm not telling anybody ever to get in anybody's face and create a crowd and to, you know, go after people and get and tell them they're not wanted anywhere anymore with a crowd. And I've been the one saying that what's happening with Secretary Nielsen, Pam Bondi, Sarah Sanders, Ted Cruz, uh, Henry Kissinger, Mitch McConnell, And now Kevin McCarthy has got to end because it's not going to end well if we don't stop this liberal confrontation. And based on the orders of people like Maxine Waters, Cory Booker, and over the years, years gone by, even Obama himself. You know, we've watched all of this happen. We've observed it. And I've been saying time for everybody to calm down. Hillary calls for incivility. Oh, now she's. Now she's calling for civility after the shooting, after the pipe bombs have been delivered. Eric Holder a week ago saying to kick him. You know, listening to Andrew Cuomo yesterday, you would think, you know, he joined, became the Pope, calling for peace and civility and e pluribus unum. And the same guy that said, if if you're pro-life and you believe in assault weapons uh, and the Second Amendment. Is not me and the Democrats. Their problem is right, enough of that. You're not wanted in New York because you're not a real New Yorker. Now he's talking about peace and togetherness. I want to tell you something because this, this, it doesn't, you can't explain crazy. Like the Bernie guy was crazy. You can't explain whoever this guy is. And apparently there's the Yahoo News report saying that he was a nut on the one hand, loving and hating Trump at the same time. Lunatics have no political boundaries. You know, the, I don't hold Al Gore responsible for the Unabomber because he had earth in the balance in his that little hut that he built out in the wilderness. Or the shooter of Steve Scalise blaming Bernie Sanders. 
to suggest any way that honest and vigorous debate and criticism is the motivating force behind one fringe violent individual. Let me tell you what that is. That is intellectual laziness and a cheap attempt, frankly, to capitalize off a dangerous and serious incident, especially in light of the fact while others on TV have been utterly silent, their silence has been deafening, I have been the one saying something horrible is going to happen. It needs to stop. You know, if you say CNN sucks or CNN is fake news, that is not a cry or an advocation of violence in any way, shape, matter, or form. It's a feeling people have when they see abusively biased news coverage. If you're American with a soul, this should transcend politics. I deplore all violence of any kind, but legitimate fair criticism of me, that's fair game. Media criticism is fair game. Calling out networks that have political agendas, that's fair game. When networks spend every second minute and hour of the day hating on Donald Trump, if Donald Trump cured cancer, they still hate him. Well, I'm allowed to call that out. That's not hate. If there's any hate there, it's their hatred of the president that they can't seem to get over. You know, the bottom line is you're watching people trying to an attempt to exploit and politicize the actions of one unhinged lunatic and conflate it with fair and wanted criticism. And that for them is they're putting politics above all else. And that's wrong for the country. And anybody that is intimidated into stopping what they do because of this predictable attack, I put it all up on Hannity.com. And it's called the left's new low. Hannity slams the media's total failure to report liberal calls for violence. Yeah, we've got it all chronicled. With all We, we put the tape in, everything you need in one place. And we're going to tweet that out. And we're going to send that out to everybody. We're 11 days away from an election day. And there's a lot at stake. Right now, Republicans, you know what? They're behind, I think, in Florida. That means Rick Scott's behind. That means DeSantis is behind. There's a lot at stake if Florida goes to Gillum in terms of governing the state of Florida. It will be a disaster. There's my prediction. It doesn't help that many have been displaced in the panhandle, a very conservative part of Florida. And I hope those people are able to get back and and able to vote before the election. But I can tell you, Marsha Blackburn can and should win in Tennessee if everybody goes out and vote. And I think that Missouri can be flipped easily now that we know that Claire McCaskill, just like Phil Bredesen in Tennessee, has been lying through her teeth about who she really is. She's talking about, you know, crazy Democrats. Well, she votes left on everything, so I guess she's counting herself in that group. I know Dean Heller can win in Nevada, and I certainly believe Martha McSally can beat the radical extremist Kristen Cinema. I think John Tester can be beaten, too, although he's a little bit up in the polls right now in Montana. Heidi Heitkamp should lose in North Dakota. Joe Donnelly, if people don't split the ticket and vote Libertarian, he would lose easily to Braun in Indiana. That would be another pickup. Now, as far as the 435 members of Congress, you know, we're going to go over some of the important races. Believe it or not, they're in states like California, Dana Rohrbacher, you know, people like Daryl Issa's old seat. You know, uh, Duncan Hunter's seat is in jeopardy. Got to get him back in Congress and all the tricks that they've been playing out in Southern California. Then you got seats. We'll talk to Claudia Tenney in New York, seats in New Jersey, seats in Illinois are at stake, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin. 
You know, every all 435, that means everybody hearing my voice right now, you need to get out and vote in 11 days or you'll get Nancy Pelosi as speaker and Chuck Schumer as the Senate Majority Leader. It's going to stop the progress we've made. Now we can have a full victory and hold on to the House and Senate and pick up seats in the Senate. You can have a split decision where maybe we pick up seats in the Senate and lose the House. And then you can have a total failure, disaster, debacle if you don't vote. But again, that's up to you. All right now we're at two. Sean Hannity Show. 11 days till our midterm elections. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, we're going to take a look at six specific California seats, Republican seats that have to be held. It's all part of the where where the areas are that will tip the balance of power. I have the top 30 seats now. We've withered it down to 30 and we put it up on Hannity.com. I don't care where you live in the country. If you vote for a Democrat, you might as well just be voting for Nancy Pelosi because that's what you're getting. And if it's a Senate race in Florida, Tennessee, Missouri, North Dakota, Indiana, Montana, Arizona, Nevada, guess what? You're voting for Chuck Schumer. All of those races matter. Your vote matters. And the media, well, they've been predicting a blue wave for a year. They're trying to back off it a little bit as everything seems to have tightened up. But I don't have a crystal ball in any way to tell you exactly what's going on. But my hope is, is that you get out in massive numbers and shock the world once again. Newt Gingrich in an interview, Real Clear Politics on Fox, saying the odds are two out of three that Nancy Pelosi could become speaker. Joining us now to weigh in on that 11 days out of Election Day, pollster, founder of McLaughlin and Associates. Uh, John McLaughlin is with us. Doug Schoen, pollster, author, Fox News political analyst. Uh, He joins us as well. Uh, John McLaughlin, you think things are looking good for the Republicans in the Senate? Uh, You think the House is still attainable for the Republicans, that they can come back? It's still obtainable, but it's difficult because uh, you have you have just over a week to go, and we have a national poll that's up on our website on McLaughlinOnline.com where the Republicans are within range of the Democrats, where the Democrats on the generic vote have a uh, 46% of the vote, but the Republicans have 44%, and you've got 10% undecided. And just like two years ago, we always said there was a hidden vote for Trump, because we knew we were bringing in millions of new voters, and we knew those voters that were undecided didn't like Hillary Clinton. They 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 wanted change, and they didn't like her corruption. Well, now the ones who are undecided in our latest national poll, 49 to 27, they say the country's on the wrong track. Their opinion, their job rating for the Republican majority in Congress is only 13 percent approve, 47 disapprove. And and now they say the economy is getting better, 40 percent to 29 percent. Uh, But they really, you know, they're tilting against us right now. And if they tilt against us two to one, we would lose the House 52 to 48. And the last time that happened was in 2006 during the Iraq War, and the Democrats gained 31 seats in the House. And if they gain 31 seats, we've lost the majority. And Pelosi's the Speaker, and that's why uh, uh, Speaker Gingrich has got those odds. And those are scary odds, because if Pelosi takes over the House, you know she's going to have open borders. You know she's going to want to raise taxes. You know she'll want to kill jobs. She'll put back in regulations. And guess what? They're going to try to impeach the president. So you've really got just over a week 
to try to stop Pelosi and the Democrats from winning. And the Republicans really need to have a laser focus on that and run a very, very hard contrast campaign. And the worst thing is right now, in 90 percent, there's a story out today, 90 percent of the congressional districts that are competitive, the Democrats are outraising the Republicans. And it's not by little amounts. It's by big amounts. So you have a congressional race where the Democrats outspending uh, uh, the Republican two million to one million. In, in Virginia, 10, where Barbara Comstock's running for re-election, people were saying, oh, your polls are wrong because you have a point ahead. Well, the Democrats last Friday put in $4 million in the last two weeks versus our $2 million between the Republican uh, groups and uh, Senator Con- I mean, Congresswoman Comstock. So the Democrats are playing for keeps, and the Republicans need to have that It looks like the well. Democrats have just seated the Senate. and In other words, they're putting all their money into House races just to get the one chamber. Absolutely. So, so let's say that, that, that what you're saying is true. If the Democrats, if Pelosi becomes Speaker and the Republicans hold on to the Senate, they pick up seats in the Senate. So that would sort of be a split decision by, I guess, any measure, right? Uh, it's a split decision, except that the Democrats will have a focus. They will control the House. Think of the committees that are going to change. Think of think of the Intelligence Committee. Instead of Devin Nunes running it, you'll have Adam Schiff. Guess what's going to happen with the with the uh, with the, all these investigations, etc. Guess what's going to happen with the Judiciary Committee? Uh, there, there there'll be relentless investigations of President Trump that he won't get anything done in the last two years. And you know that talk about they'll go they'll go check his taxes. They'll leak all this stuff, and it'll drive the economy down. One of the things that, that, you know, us pollsters, we get calls before the elections from hedge fund guys and from major Wall Street guys. What are you seeing in the in the election? Well, you want to know why the market's been going down the last month? Because they're seeing that the Democrats could take the House, and they know what that means to the economy. The economy will stall out. What do you think, Doug Schoen? Are you in the same area? You said it's getting very tight also. I think John's analysis is exactly right. I think the Democrats, I actually might even be a little bit more cautious. I see it between 25 and 30 seats. I think that... um, And if they get 23 seats, that means they win the House. That that is correct. So I'm projecting a very... So you're you're saying the Democrats could win by as little as two seats. Yeah, I am saying that. I said on your air uh, the other night it would be two to four. I'm in the same... Range. I think John's analysis is very, very fair. And I think he is right to say that the Democrats are mobilized and focused on the um, on the House to the exclusion of the Senate. But the amount of money that's being spent on really the 30 races, I think, Sean, that are on your website cannot be underestimated. And, you know, midterm elections tend to be referenda on the president and the incumbent party. And there's one little dirty secret. It's not so much Donald Trump that is at risk. It's the Republicans in the House and Senate who have much lower ratings than the president. And it is that is the soft underbelly of the Republican Party. I I think one of the weaknesses as it relates also to the Republican House is there's so many retirements. What are there, 45 separate retirements of incumbents and name recognition for a lot of people in a lot of these races is negligible to zero. It takes years to build up name recognition in a district, John. Absolutely. And by the way, that that top 30 most important races that you put on your website, those are critical seats that the Republicans really need to win. And and Doug is a, is 
I mean, granted, the Democrats should be listening to him, but fortunately for us, they don't listen to him too much. But one Democrat that does listen to him is former Mayor Bloomberg in New York City, who has a big super PAC and is putting the resources into electing Democrats in the House now that he's gone back to being a registered Democrat. And the Democrats really, Doug understands it. They they. They're very smart. They really understand how to how to win races and how to take power. And the Republicans need to wake up. I mean, those of us who are older, I remember delivering a survey that Haley Barber helped uh, pay for in 1994 in September that had we had the generic Republicans up seven. And it was to the House leadership. And there was uh, soon-to-be Speaker Gingrich with Bob Michael. I was presenting the numbers to him saying, you're going to be the next speaker. And we just need to not compromise on Clinton care. Well, Haley Barber borrowed $10 million to help win more seats and win that election. The Republicans are raising record sums. They've, the RNC has outraised uh, has outraised the uh, 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 Democrats, their national committee, two to one. The mo- that money needs to find its way into the into these top thirty races that you've outlined, where the Democrats are outspending us virtually two to one in all those races this week. And you've got to be able to put money into those races, whether it's digital ads, uh, TV ads, even national ads, saying stop Pelosi. We've got to have an equal voice with the Democrats. And uh, uh, they've really, they've really uh, focused in on trying to take over the House, and it's and it's their their shot at power. Well, it's their shot at power. But remember, you know, those that have been saying the investigations into the deep state end, I don't believe that's true because we have Senate committees that are just as capable of doing that as well. And similarly, if the Republicans are able to build their majority in the Senate, any legislation that Nancy Pelosi and company want to pass that is going to be against. What the Republicans want in the Senate is never going to get through. It'll die there and we'll have divided government. But I think you're most right in the fact that it's going to be basically two more years like we've had. And that is endless, you know, ridiculous, absurd, obscene investigations, show trials by Adam Schiff, Maxine Waters, you know, Gerald, Gerald Nadler and company. And in other words, the progress will will slow down dramatically. Uh, there I is also that, the hope that Republicans in the lame duck session could actually get in there and pass the funding for the border wall and maybe repeal and replace Obamacare in the meantime. Look, I, I think, Sean, that if, as John and I, I think both are suggesting that more likely than not the Democrats win the House, what we are looking at with almost great certainty is grit, come gridlock for two years. I'd make a slightly different point. Look, I'm a patriot first before I'm a Democrat. I know John is, and certainly you, Sean. I just hope we stop demonizing people, doing what Maxine Waters did and saying Trump's responsible for, you know, this horrific uh, set of uh, uh, sending the, the 10 or 12 bombs around or vice versa, blaming the Democrats. Can we focus on our national security, our borders, and our future? Well, if we had the wall... Than- you, you've got to admit, if we had the wall, we didn't have to worry about the the so migrant I'm, caravan, I'm would we? Build, building the wall and having a pathway to citizenship. Okay, it's so then why? Well, Trump already compromise. offered that deal to the Democrats that he would and protect I would have the taken dreamers. It in our heartbeat. Why didn't I think they? It was pull, because I think it was pulled off the table pretty quickly when some of the Democrats said yes. But goodness gracious, I would do that in a heartbeat. I think it makes sense. Uh, Donnelly in Indiana is saying yeah. that. And I think he's right. Well, Donnelly is now down by four to Braun, the libertarian candidate, 
thankfully, is falling off a little bit in Indiana. Anyone who votes for the Libertarian in Indiana, you're just basically giving a half a vote to Joe Donnelly. But Joe Donnelly's in trouble. I think the biggest polling surprise that we saw in the last week was Joe Manchin down by two. Patrick Morrissey was on this program yesterday. That seems like a potentially winnable race, yeah, even think, in West Virginia. I think, uh, Manchin will win that. Will win that race. Well, I thought the same thing too. The- but I will tell you, Manchin didn't vote for the tax cuts. Manchin didn't vote for Gorsuch. Uh, it appears that Manchin had an election year con- conversion by voting for Kavanaugh because he knows his career would be over. And more importantly, the economy was saved in West Virginia, the coal mining industry, by Donald Trump, not by Manchin. And I think Manchin did have an election year uh, conversion, and that's all to the good. An election year conversion, meaning let's be a phony for for a couple of months, then we'll go back to being the liberal we really are. No, he's not really a liberal. He's the most conservative Democrat. No, listen, but in this environment, that means he's just not a super radical, you know, left-wing lunatic. That's all that means. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back more with John McLaughlin, Doug Schoen, our pollsters, 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Uh, we'll have the latest on what is going on in terms of this the suspect that they have now in custody and more details as they become available. They've uncovered recovered 14 suspicious packages addressed to prominent people. We'll get to that. Of course, the blame game has been on since first thing this morning, and it's absolutely sickening the way especially CNN has been handling this and much more straight ahead. All right, as we continue with uh, John McLaughlin, pollster, founder of McLaughlin & Associates, Doug Schoen, uh, pollster himself, political analyst, Fox News. Uh, all right, so 11 days out, that can be an eternity. We've all seen that in the course of politics. What impact is the caravan going to have on the election? Uh, what about these these bombs that have been sent out? Now we have the one person we believe to be responsible in custody. Does that have an impact on the election, uh, Doug Schoen? Yeah, I think if the caravan's going to have any impact, it's going to help the Republicans. I think any fair-minded person would say that. As with the now 14 devices, Sean, it's very hard to say. I frankly hope there's no impact. It's, 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 I think, just terrific. And I just hope we can pull together as a country and not try to demonize and politicize something which is an assault on our democracy and on our nation. Well, I had a CNN guy today, John McLaughlin, John Avlon, actually go out there and say um, that De Niro is not like the others. Why Robert De Niro? Well, one of the things that I found was on October 15, Sean Hannity was doing a whole segment blasting De Niro for things he said on Alec Baldwin's show, of all places, and said that uh, Trump allies will regret it because they made a deal with the devil. Let's play a little bit of Robert De Niro and the things that he said and why I've been critical. I mean, he's so blatantly stupid. He's a punk. He's a dog. He's a pig. He's a con, a bull artist, a mutt who doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't do his homework, doesn't care, thinks he's gaming society, doesn't pay his taxes. He's an idiot. Colin Powell said it best. He's a national disaster. He's an embarrassment to this country. It makes me so angry that this country has gotten to this point, that this fool, this bozo has wound up where he has. I'd like to punch him in the face. I guess I'm not supposed to talk about that, John. No, but you know what? Like some people are hoping that after this election, it all goes away. It's not going to go away. What this is about is Donald Trump is a historic president. And the reason he's a historic president is he's not from the establishment. He beat the Republican establishment. He beat the national establishment. He's there. He's not. 
he's not only draining the swamp, but he's a threat to their very existence. So what's going to happen is the presidential race is going to start right after uh, the election on November 6th, where the Democrats are going to put up a big field of people who are going to be all at the president. And if they get the House and Nancy Pelosi is the speaker, it's all about beating Donald Trump. So this race, November 6th, is not just about control of the Congress. It's really about the, what the Democrats are doing to get rid of Donald Trump, what the establishment is doing to get rid of Donald Trump. And the 63 million Trump voters that are out there need to get motivated to vote on November 6th. In fact, they should go to your website for Hannity.com and see the top 30 most important races in the House and go and click through and click through and donate to the Republicans to match whatever the uh, Democrats are doing to try to take control. Because this yeah. race, November 6th, is really about the next presidential race. All right. Thank you, Doug Schoen. Thank you, uh, John McLaughlin. 800-941-SHAWN. Toll-free telephone number. Washington won't stop this hard-charging single mother of a U.S. Marine. Meet Claudia Tenney, owner of a family-run manufacturing business. Claudia Tenney stood up to both parties and fought corruption in Albany. Now Claudia Tenney is fighting to reform Washington, stopping bad trade deals, cutting middle-class taxes, ending taxpayer benefits for illegal aliens, introducing term limits on career politicians. Let's get moving with Claudia Tenney for Congress. I'm Claudia Tenney, and I approve this message. I'm Claudia Tenney, and I approve this message. If Remington Arms ever closed, this whole area would be devastated. 35 years I worked there, it's provided jobs for everybody. Nobody else has supported us more than Claudia Tenney. She stood up to Governor Cuomo, demanding the repeal of the SAFE Act. She's a strong fighter for not only the Second Amendment, for everyday people. Claudia Tenney is a fighter, period. And that's what we need. We need a fighter. New York needs Claudia Tenney as our Congresswoman. All right, there's an important race, 25 now till the top of the hour. Glad you're with us. Uh, 11 days till Election Day and a very important midterm. So many of these races now, the margins are just razor, razor thin. Uh, the race we're talking about here is literally 46-45. I've known Claudia Tenney now for a long time. She's a great congresswoman. And uh, she's in the fight for her life. The 22nd Congressional District in New York, a toss up millions of dollars being spent up in and around the entire region, uh, which is northern north of New York City in and around the Syracuse area. And she joins us now uh, a Syracuse dot com poll. Well, it's a one point race, Claudia. It can't get any closer. And uh, it's typical of a lot of races that are going around around the country. How do you pull this out? Yeah, it's tough. It's not the race just for my life. It's for the people that live here. It's for protecting the tax cuts. The one time we finally got a real tax cut, direct money into the pockets of the people that live here instead of all the high taxes and spend that we've received from Albany under Governor Cuomo, under the progressive socialists in, in New York City that basically run our, our state. And my opponent is one of them. He actually has a lower conservative rating than some of the most socialist, left-leaning Democrats in the New York State Assembly. And he's trying to cast himself as a Republican or a moderate in this district. He's never breathed once the word Democrat. He's trying to deceive and con the voters here and just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a moderate. I get along. I work with everyone. You know what he he does? He sucks up to Cuomo and Silver and whomever is telling him what to do. And he's one of the 24 Democrats across this country who's trying to deceive the voters by saying, oh, no, I won't vote for Nancy Pelosi. Meanwhile, he's taken a max donation, 14000 directly from her account, her dark money super PAC, 
is spending millions of dollars funded by, guess who, George Soros, uh, Tom Steyer, who wants to impeach the president, Rosie O'Donnell just did a fundraiser for him in New York City, Governor Cuomo, Alec Baldwin, all these Hollywood leftists who are all in just trying to attack the president and trying to hurt the upper uh, region of New York, where our, our middle class taxpayers are finally seeing a break from the great policies from this president. No, but no thanks to the governor of New York, I'll say that. And, you know, the <laughs> district, by the way, approves of the way the president's doing his job, uh, according to the latest polls. And Trump won the district by a healthy, what, 10 point margin over Hillary Clinton in 2016. I think it was 11 points to be specific. And it's a district that has benefited not because of anything Albany has done. I mean, there was a recent editorial about how bad upstate New York has become under Cuomo. And, you know, I sat with him and he looked me in the eye and said he's going to open up fracking before the last election. He just lied to my face. He did the exact opposite right after he was elected. And meanwhile, Pennsylvania's economy is growing uh, because they are now securing the prosperity of natural gas that exists in their state, and we could be doing the same thing up in your area, and we don't do it. Yeah, actually, we call it the Berlin Wall. My district goes into Binghamton, Broome County, which is on the border of Pennsylvania, and you see the stark difference between the southern tier, which has lost so many jobs. This is where IBM was actually founded. Now we've lost it thanks to the policies of the Democrats in Albany that have just strangled our economy. We're actually seeing an uptick. I'm a small business owner in this district. Our family business was started in 1946. Um, I've been around the district. I've seen. I've traveled to uh, 50 or 75 businesses. I have yet to meet one that hasn't uh, praised us for tax reform. And they're saying we're actually these tax cuts are we're reinvesting. Every one of them is giving a raise to their employees or a bonus or both. We're finally seeing a glimmer of hope. We've rolled back unnecessary regulations. Uh, we could really open up the, the southern tier to responsible gas drilling. Uh, Governor Cuomo votes, you know, will not let it happen. My op- opponent repeatedly votes against it. And this is how scary my opponent is. We did a debate last night. He has voted four times for government takeover of our health care, which is single payer, which would cost the taxpayers of New York. This was bragged about by the socialist leading guy who's the sponsor of the bill. It would only cost the taxpayers of New York. Ninety-two billion in new taxes on an annual basis. It would oh, bankrupt New all. York. <laughs> that's all. That's all. Ninety-two billion. There's... That's not. What's ninety-two billion when we already take half your money anyway? Um, no, it's incredible. Mere pennies on the this dollar. This is the solution. This is the solution. Uh, voted four times for late-term abortion. This isn't a moderate view. This is a radical view. This is a guy who is trying to pretend he is. A, oh, I support the president. He's not going to support the president. He's going to support Nancy Pelosi. He's going to support the impeachment caucus. He's going to chime right in with all these Democrats. He's never shown that he has a backbone. He has never stood up to Sheldon Silver. In fact, he was handpicked by Sheldon Silver for the job to get in the assembly. Now he's handpicked by Chuck Schumer, uh, who brags about it, and Andrew Cuomo. Funny, none of them have come to the district to help him get elected. But you know who came to our district? President Trump. The first time in my home city of Utica, New York, in 70 years, we had a sitting president come. Well, you also had his son, Eric, exciting. up there and his daughter, Ivanka, up there. They recognize the importance of your race, and that's why I'm, I'm having you on. Listen, the only Thank thing you. I can say is to the, the people up in the Utica area and northern uh, New York in that area, you this is a district that you can win. It's plus eight Republican. 
and you have about 30,000 more Republicans than Democrats in the district. So you have a political edge there. The key is to get the vote out because otherwise you're going to end up with a Nancy Pelosi Democrat and Nancy Pelosi is speaker. And that's going to be a disaster for New York. I can promise you. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, they are raising incredible amounts of money. I've been talking to my colleagues all across the country. The amount of money they're dumping into these races to try to deceive the voters is really it's outrageous. I mean, my opponent is far outspending me. I've always been a very independent Republican. I'm one of the top conservatives in New York. Uh, when I served in the assembly, and I'm still, you know, one of the top conservatives. But we have got to continue to stand up for our values and be able to win these elections. We need to fight the fight because we got to take it to Washington. We got to support the president's policies, which are creating unprecedented gains. Even in upstate New York, where we have a really tough economy, I mean, we are actually helping our small business community. Our small business community is about 98% of my, my, the businesses in my region, and they create most of the jobs. That's who's being helped. This lie by Nancy Pelosi that somehow the wealthiest are the only ones benefiting. It's absolutely false. We voted to make the tax cuts permanent. And the reason Governor Cuomo is suing the federal government over the tax cuts is because his wealthy donors want to leave New York because they're not getting the lifeline that they used mm-hmm. to get. They're actually paying more. It's all a lie coming from that side. And we've got to fight. This is, this is a tough battle because the Democrats have the money to deceive the voters and fool them into thinking that this guy is somehow a moderate. He's not. And I encourage everyone to support us, get the vote out. It's most important. We can beat the wall of money, but we need our Republican voters to understand they need to get out and vote. It's really, really important. All right. Uh, Claudia Tenney uh, running in New York in an important seat. This will tip the balance of power. One of our 30 seats we've identified on Hannity.com as uh, the main, you know, ground zero seats that will de- that will literally tip the balance of power. So, Claudia, we wish you the best. Thanks Thank for you. being with us. And uh, hopefully we'll be sending you back to Congress in 11 days. You deserve it. And New York deserves it. We don't have many good New York politicians at all. Um, by the way, just going back to Director Ray and what he said earlier today, uh, they have confirmed that these 13 bombs were, in fact, real and that, in fact, they've been able to identify at least some forensic evidence, including fingerprints, which which d- directly connected to the person that was arrested earlier today. We'll have more about that as the day unfolds here. Uh, let's get to our phones as we say hi to Danny is in Austin, Texas. Danny, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Yes, listen to you a lot, and I have not been in the political sense whatsoever, but these midterms are unbelievably important to get out and vote. Uh, and you hit on it every day. I listen to it, uh, and I watch you every night. But I, have well, I appreciate never- it. Listen, I hope everyone feels the same way you do. There's 435 uh, members of Congress. Every seat is important. You vote for a Democrat, you're voting for Pelosi. You stay home, that's a half a vote for Pelosi. In the Senate, if you stay home, a half a vote for Schumer. If you don't vote for the Republican, then you're basically voting for Schumer. I mean, it's really that that simple. And we'll get the government we deserve. I've been at this game a long time. I've had a lot of victories. I kind of loved when we shocked the world and the media. You know, I see three scenarios that could unfold. If I had to say the more likely scenario based on my full objective analysis it would be a split decision where the republicans pick up houses uh, pick up seats in the senate and maybe lose the house of representatives but the house of representatives is well within our power to win if people identify the 30 districts we've identified on hannity.com and people take it seriously and get out and vote 
I mean, if every Trump voter wants the success of the last two years to continue and goes to vote Republican in 11 days, then that means we'll keep the House. We'll pick up seats in the Senate and things will be a lot easier and the work will be getting done faster. If we don't do that, then, you know, we get the government we deserve. You know, I've had many ups and downs following political races in the course of my career. I wasn't exactly happy the two nights that Obama won. I especially thought he could have been defeated in 2012. All right, it didn't happen. And you do everything you can to stop the agenda on their side. I'm prepared for whatever Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and Gerald Nadler and Maxine Waters want to do to the country. And we're not going to go away. We're not going to cry. We're not going to be crybabies like they've been for the last two years. And when they try to do things that are detrimental to the country and the president, and they want endless investigations, we're going to be there as a backstop to tell the American people the truth. And then some of you will probably regret that you didn't get out and vote this you know, election season. So don't wait. I'm telling you what's going to happen. We know they only want Obamacare. We know they want open borders. They don't want to fund the wall. They believe in open borders, sanctuary cities, sanctuary states. We know they want their crumbs back. We know they want higher taxes. We know they, you know, they don't, they don't really care. They're all things hating Trump all the time. It's not exactly in the best interest of the country to keep focused on that for two years, but we'll do our best. You know, or we can win it all, or we can lose it all. All right, as we continue, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. There are six seats in California that are almost must win if the Republicans have any hope of of remaining in power in the House of Representatives. Dana Rohrbacher's in one of them. He's only up by two in the current polls out there. That would include Daryl Ice's old district as he's retiring and a couple of others. Duncan Hunter, another important race in California that we've got to win. Uh, so we'll get to that at the top of the next hour. First, we stay with the phones. Uh, let's say hi to Brad is in Panama City. Brad, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Hi, Sean. I survived Hurricane Michael. Yeah, listen, I'm a little worried about the panhandle. And as much as, you know, a lot of people have been displaced, we're in the middle of early voting. The panhandle is crucial to the entire state of Florida. You have two very tight races. You got DeSantis running for governor and you got Rick Scott running for senator. And if the people that have been displaced can't get back and vote, that's going to be problematic uh, for DeSantis and Scott and any chance they have a winning. Well, that's what I'm calling for, to urge my fellow panhandles to get out and vote. DeSantis needs our vote. Governor Scott needs our vote. They're hoping that we'll be too busy for doing recovery than to get out and vote. Well, in Florida, early voting is ongoing. So that means you can go anytime between, as I understand it, now and Election Day. Um, I know it's hard, especially for people. Some people have lost their everything. They've lost their entire home. They've been relocated and they don't have a chance to change their voter registration, probably. So that means they'd have to go back to where they live and or they can get an absentee ballot. I don't think it's too late for that. It's 11 days, but you'd have to check in with your local elections office. Yes, that's correct. I saw it on the news the other day about the absentee ballot is still available. But yeah, I'm I mean, then, encouraging everybody to get out and vote. Yeah, just call your local elections office. Have them send you an absentee ballot if you're not there. If you can get back and, and vote, obviously, you know, Rick Scott won both races only by 1%. I mean, Gillum is now up, which would it scares the daylights out of me based on, you know, his agenda. 
Anyway, I hope the uh, on all our best to our friends in the Panhandle. We know you've been through a lot, and uh, our prayers and thoughts are with you as you begin your rebuild. It was very tough for a lot of people. Politicians argue a lot about health care, but for me, it's personal. When my daughter Annika was eight years old, she was afflicted with leukemia. It was devastating to my family, but we got through it, and today she's doing great. So for her and all our families, we must protect America's health care system. That's why I'm taking on both parties and fighting for those with pre-existing conditions. I'm Dana Rohrabacher, and I approve this message. And so do I. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Um, we have now, as part of our list, which we put up on Hannity.com, we've identified the top 50 races that will tip the balance of power as it relates to this election now in 11 days. And believe it or not, well, actually, the top 30 we have up there now, those that are going to make the biggest difference. But six of those that we're watching very closely are in the state of California. Now, you might say, California, well, why vote in California? Well, number one, Gavin Newsom's about to bankrupt your state, but that's a separate issue. But there are six particular races that we're watching. One of them it has to do with our friend Dana Rohrbacher. You just heard his ad there, and he joins us now. And I saw the latest poll that you were up by two. Not the most comfortable lead, but your district has, has changed uh, quite a bit over the years. And uh, why is it so close? Sean, I'll have to tell you that uh, a lot of people early on were just put off by what they considered to be President Trump's personality. Now, I'll have to tell you, his principles and his policies are terrific. He's right on. And a, and a lot of us now, and I, now we, I'm actually going to really like Trump's personality as well. I, I like him, and I think people now are getting over this thing where his personality rubbed him the wrong way because he's doing so many great things for our country. So uh, that was what, what caused the problem in the first place. But now uh, I will have to say that I got the billionaire Bolsheviks pouring in uh, millions and millions of dollars to defeat me, and actually my poll numbers are going up. Yeah, that's usually the way it works, unfortunately, for them because they pour money. But we're looking at the, the six districts. They all seem to be in and around where your district is. Uh, which of those yeah. six do you see as the most vulnerable? And obviously, we want people to go out and vote for you. We've known you for many, many years, and you've been one of the, the most steady, solid voices of conservatism, uh, even going back to the Robert K. Dornan days and, yeah. and when he was in Congress. Well, you know what the central issue right now is, and my opponent has made it the central issue, because he was trying to buy on to the Bernie Sanders wing of the party, has committed himself to things like, how about sanctuary for illegal alien criminals? How about giving Medicare to people who are here illegally? And when we see this this flow of this, this a group of thousands of illegals heading towards our border, they've been listening to these Democrats promising them uh, benefits and jobs that should go to the American people. Yeah. Even Daryl Issa, who's retiring his district, I think it's the 49th in Southern Orange and Northern Coastal uh, San Diego area. That that is that in trouble or is that coming back? I'm afraid that that's coming back. There's there's a, 
Uh, well, I mean, excuse me, I'm afraid that, that our candidate, uh, Diane Harkey, is in trouble there. But, you know, what counts is not the poll beforehand. What counts is the poll on Election Day. And, well, uh, well, wait I a minute. Harkey vowed these... to oppose tax increases in California's immigration sanctuary law for the state, right? With... Right. Well, no, what it is, it's, it's frankly a, just a personal issue on, in her campaign. And the Democrats certainly know how to use personal issues. They know how to use name-calling. They, they, they basically, every time you disagree with one of them, you, you end up a racist or a Nazi or whatever. And this is what, by the way, leads, I believe, to, to people who are uh, a bit off. Maybe they're psych- psychologically deranged or something. But when they hear the left-wing call, Calling us Nazis and calling us racist and 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 having people like Diane Watson and others publicly saying that we should be intimidated and be accosted uh, while we're eating in a restaurant. The Democrats never complain mm-hmm. about that, and it gives these nutcases uh, an, an idea. How's Duncan Hunter's district looking? I know they went after him and his wife personally, but he seems to be holding back. Um, his opposition who's struggling to get any traction, a one-time Obama oh. campaign worker, he seems to be holding his lead in his district, right? That's uh, the right. 50th con- congressional district in inland yeah. San Diego and Riverside County. Well, Duncan Hunter is a, is a treasure, and his people know that. And uh, uh, they are, he, he had some trouble where his treasurer was not keeping the books right and got him in trouble. And I understand. My treasurer, by the way, a couple of years ago, stole $200,000 from my campaign and left my campaign impoverished. So I know that uh, people who are working for well, you I let Linda you manage my money half the time. She has my credit card, and all these bills come in for these trips <laughs> abroad, and I, I'm assuming she knows about it. I just wanted to thank you for that, Sean. Uh, no problem. <laughs> no, he's well, got, you got to like be the... careful with that, but, he, but he's holding on there. How about Republican incumbent Jeff Denham? Uh, former state senator, Air Force veteran. He's in a pretty tight race with Josh Harder. Um, that's more in the Central Valley area. How's that race going? Well, we, well, we are all in tight races like like Denham has been, again, such a fantastic congressman for his own people. He's watched out for them. I've, I have a couple of disagreements with him, but the fact is I know he is energetic and will step forward and he will argue the case for his people anytime so his and although he's being outspent i'm sure uh, look i'm being outspent by six or seven to one and then you have bloomberg kicking in another four million dollars in the last week of the campaign all of us are facing that but when the public knows who we are, like like uh, with Duncan Hunter, they know who Duncan Hunter is. They know Denim. They 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 know us personally, and they know we're out. We're trying to we're trying to protect them. We speak for them, and the other people are just calling names and uh, towing the liberal left line. All right. Well, for those in Southern California, all these seats that we're talking about, ICE's old seat, Duncan Hunter's seat, obviously the case of Dana Rohrabacher. I mean, these have been strong, solid, conservative voices now, in your case, uh, what, for a couple of decades now in Congress. And you're one of the few people that I want to stay there uh, because you actually 
you know, keep your promises and work hard for the people well, in your district. So, well, well, uh, Dane, I just wanted to wish you luck. Let us know if we can help at all as you go through this. Well, you, you are, you are, Sean, and we all have to remember, if we lose control of the House, that's what these seats mean, that's what my election means, the Democrats will grind our country to a halt. There will be gridlock. There will be all sorts of, of attempts to disrupt the president from getting anything done. And we don't want to disrupt this president's pre- presidency any more than what the left has already done. All right. Thanks so much for being with us. Dana Rohrbacher, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. By the way, some angel families, those families that have had loved ones killed by illegal immigrants in the country, they're actually planning a, to go down proactively to the border to, if, to meet the caravan should they make it that far. Uh, let's get to our uh, busy phones. We'll talk to them. Uh, let's say hi to Donna is in Frederick, Maryland. Donna, hi. How are you? Glad you called 11 days away. Hi, Sean. Yeah, I can't wait to get out there and vote. And I've got several people I've been reminding, keeping tabs. We, we have to get out there. This is such a, a referendum against these socialists. And I've got to say, in lieu of the events, the, you know, these devices that never detonated, you know, I'd call them, I guess, suspicious devices because we don't really know if they were actually bombs. But it got me well, to think about. I think we're about- pretty sure that that's been confirmed because when they said they had powder, I'm assuming that it was some type of gunpowder or some type of explosive powder. And it had shrapnel in it, like a lot of charred up glass. And, you know, we've got to get to know a little bit more about this guy short of the van that had a CNN sucks picture on it and a picture of Donald Trump. It doesn't mean a thing. And. You know, I, by the way, I remember when I when Bernie Sanders, when one of his supporters shot up that baseball field, I said at the time, boy, if this I'm not blaming Bernie, nobody should blame Bernie Sanders. He's not responsible for what one nut does. And I said, but boy, if it was some supporter of Trump or any Republican, oh, they'd blame everybody, which now, is what I, they're doing. I'm, now. I'm not going to do what the left does here. Bernie Sanders is not responsible for what one of his stupid supporters have to say because most bernie sanders supporters are not violent and not out there trying to kill republicans and bernie said he was sickened by the entire you know anti-gop massacre here all right and i believe him well that's a different tack than you hear from the media today right right and you know what what concerns me and thank you for correcting me about the update on the um the bomb threats What I'm concerned about is, as you mentioned, the van with all the stickers. Okay, perhaps it is somebody from the far right. But I'm noticing what I'm hearing is the the strategery as far as how they were placed, how there was no, you know, issue with the, the van itself. But the other thing I thought about was William Clyde Allen, who threatened people with ricin a couple weeks ago, and he was arrested. And I'm starting to question, could there be a connection between those individuals? Could there be more than one person involved in this whole scenario that's been going on for, as you well know, months, because the Trump family was threatened as well? Listen, I've gone through a lot of this. It's not fun. And I don't talk about it a lot. I've, exp- I've I've shared about 1% of the things that I've dealt with throughout my career. Frankly, I don't think anybody wants to hear it. And it sadly is a part of being in the public eye and having strong political views. It's un- It really is unfortunate. Um, but that's why I've been... Speak? Well, we should be able to. Sorry, we should God. be able to do so, you know, without fear of any type of retribution. And 
Uh, apparently, that's not how it's going to work. But, you know, look, it's let's wait and see. I am getting mixed messages all over the place on this man, this guy, this background. We have to find out if there were accomplices here. We were just beginning to put it together. Uh, people can assume what they want, but as we have always done, is we're not going to rush the judgment at all in this program, and we're going to wait and see, and when we know the truth, we'll pass it on to you. Uh, we can yeah, speculate all we great. want, but we don't know. Yeah, the truth matters. And, Sean, I want to say one other thing, too. Yeah. With respect to the invasion, what concerns me about that, and it's not really getting reported much, is how many people are sick. And we have children dying from True. polio-like illnesses now. So what's that going to bring? And that's another issue I, you know, I'm concerned about. Yeah, well, look, we got we always got to stay on top of all these diseases and stay ahead of it. And thank God we have some brilliant scientists and doctors that work endlessly out long hours every day to to let's get back to our busy phones. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Jim is in Nebraska. Hey, Jim, do you feel like I do that I felt conned supporting Ben Sass and and I think he conned the people of Nebraska? Um, how do you feel about him? You live there. Yeah, I'm not real happy with Ben Sass. Uh, when he was campaigning, he, you know, if I remember correctly, you know, Ted Cruz came out and was campaigning with him and uh, maybe even Sarah Palin. I don't remember for sure. But yeah. uh, everything, he sounded like everything that he believed in was exactly what Donald Trump is doing his very best to try to accomplish. And it seems like he's Well, if he had his way, we wouldn't have any success that we've had the last two years because he was a never-Trumper. And, you know, now he writes a book and he devotes 20 pages of his failing book against me. And, you know, lo and behold, nobody wants to buy his book, as I predicted. And I just think it's amazing because when he was running, he was begging us to put him on the air as often as we could. And we even put an audio out of him praising me almost daily. So I guess, you know, he says now I'm bad for America, but I was pretty good for Ben Sass in America at the time that he wanted to use these airwaves every day to get his message out. Yeah. And I'll tell you, at least in uh, my district, which encompasses about uh, three quarters of the west end of the state of Nebraska, um, that's Adrian Smith's district. Um, ben Sass is not real popular right at the moment. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Well, look, i um, but I, I personally feel like on a level, it doesn't happen to me very often. He said everything that I thought would, would make a great senator and lead the great people of Nebraska. And all I've seen since is, you know, a guy go to Washington, get full of himself, very arrogant. He's a very angry guy with a very quick temper. He confronted me once. But anyway, I'll give you the last word. Go ahead. What, what else is on your mind? Well, um, with the uh, package bombs, devices, uh, I think this is kind of um, something that uh, some in the media and some on the left have kind of been wanting to happen um, with their insightful language. Uh, Cory Booker telling them people to get in congressmen's faces. Um, Nancy Pelosi, she comes out and she says if there is uh, collateral damage on the side of those who are against us, well, then so be it. Um, and Barack Obama himself, when he was telling uh, people to tell their to get in their families and friends' faces and let them know what it was about, 
Well, I got to run here, but I'll let you go. Thank you so much for your call. 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. Uh, We'll continue. A lot more news to get to straight ahead. I've spoken twice in the last two days to my counterpart, uh, Foreign Secretary Vitagray. We trust that Mexico's leaders know what the best steps are to resolve this situation, and we urge timely action on their part. The United States also has a message for those who are currently part of this caravan or any caravan which follows. You will not be successful at getting into the United States illegally, no matter what. I repeat, the caravan will not cross our southern border illegally under any circumstances. If you seek to come here, go through the normal refugee process. If you apply for refugee status, a permanent solution is possible in Mexico or in a third country. But I can tell you with certainty, we are determined that illegal entry into the United States from this caravan will not be possible. When our country is assaulted by thousands and thousands of people marching and they openly say, we're going to go into the country, we can't do that. We can't do that. Can't allow that. It's unfair to you, but it's also unfair to thousands and thousands of people that have gone through a legal process. Some are waiting online 10 years. Everything is perfect and they don't get in, but other people just march right in. It will not happen. You watch. You've heard about these angel families um, and with the caravan still marching towards our southern border. Well, angel families now are getting involved and fighting back. You know, over the years I've had it's very tough, but I'm very proud to know and have gotten to know families that have dealt with the worst. And that is losing children. And you've heard about these angel families where kids are they're killed by illegal immigrants And I've gotten to know many of these families, and I've been out on the road with them when I was doing town halls with then-candidate Trump, and they've been on this radio program many times. Many have been on my TV show. And one such father is a guy that I have so much respect for. His name is Steve Ronneback, and his son was Grant Ronneback. This is a great kid. Imagine this. He's working overnight at a convenience store. Just because, you know, he wants to work and and get money for school and doing all the things that good kids do. And an illegal immigrant, you know, comes in, wants a pack of cigarettes. He apparently couldn't get it fast enough. And he murdered this, I think he was 21 years old at the time. I mean, just a horrible story. Now, anyway, Steve and others have announced the launch of the Ronnebeck Institute, Angel Families that are headed to confront the caravan at the border and they're announcing the Ronneback Institute, a politically active think tank in honor of his son, Grant, who was fatally shot in the face in Mesa, Arizona, three years ago. One of the so-called dreamers, a member of the uh, Sinaloa uh, cartel, Grant's father, also co-founder of Cortland Sykes, are building a team of policy experts for the Institute. And we welcome Steve Ronneback back to the program. Sir, welcome back. You know how I feel about all you've been through. My thoughts, my prayers are always with you. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing good. We're watching this caravan, and, you know, I know Kate Steinle's case, and we know Laura Wilkinson's case, and your case, and we've become friends, uh, Mrs. Mendoza's case, and, you know, I've come to honor and respect you and your families. I don't know how you ever recover fully when you use, when you lose a child like this, but you've decided to take pro, proactive measures here. Tell me what you're doing. Well, the Ronnebeck Institute is a politically active 
think tank. That means we're going to confront these issues. We're going to confront this caravan and the issue of the caravan. We're going to, you know, the threat at our nation's border. And, and Sean, you and I have talked before that this is a threat. This is one of the biggest problems for national security is our southern border. We have, you know, we have a sovereign nation. And to have a sovereign nation, you need three things. You need borders, you need a way to secure the border, and you need a central government. Well, we've got two out of the three. We've got a central government. We've got a way to secure it. But we do not have secure borders on the southern border. You know, let me play for you. We have a list of crimes that I'm guaranteeing many in our audience, and even though we've talked about it so often, don't even know crimes perpetrated by illegal immigrants against innocent families. Now, when I went down to the border and was briefed with uh, then-Governor Rick Perry, and I've been down there 13 times, I was shocked to learn in a seven-year period in Texas alone 642,000 crimes were committed against Texans. Now, some of them were minor crimes, but other crimes were murder and rape and serious crimes because we don't have a border wall, some barrier to protect the people in this country. Listen to this. The body of a young Hispanic female was found in the 9900 block of Sharps Crest, Houston, Texas. The victim appeared to have been executed and left in the street. We were able to identify a group of uh, MS-13 gang members who we believe are responsible. Police in New York saying the suspect in a series of brutal crimes is a gang member and illegal immigrant who's been deported four times. Tommy Vladim Alvarado Ventura is accused of stabbing two women and sexually assaulting a two-year-old girl. Suffolk County Police announcing the arrest of 17 gang members after a series of violent incidents, including the massacre of four young men. And they used two females to lure four young males to the park, and they were brutally bludgeoned and stabbed and hacked up with machetes. Oh. It's gruesome. I mean, it's not like you're shooting somebody from 100 feet away. You are, you're getting blood splattered onto you. The killers slashed Perez's neck. Today, Alexandria police announced three suspects, an adult male, 17-year-old boy, and 16-year-old girl. Investigators say those men are MS-13 gang members. Yesterday, three subjects responsible for two attempted murders with bladed weapons and in one incident firing a handgun at the victim were taken into custody last night. All purport to be MS-13 members. 19-year-old Miguel Lopez Abrega was charged with first-degree murder of the victim as the press release says the victim had been stabbed over 100 times. Investigators say the Queens man is a member of MS-13 and is responsible for killing a Valley Stream teen earlier this year. According to court documents, Julio Cesar Gonzalez's fancy's brutally beaten body was discovered inside the Massapequa Preserve in late March. Police say he was shot and beaten with a large knife from Machete and may have been left there for several weeks. 20-year-old Victor Manuel Fuentes and five teenagers ages 17 and 16 who have not been named are part of the dangerous international MS-13 gang and have been robbing Hispanic men at gunpoint in Lake Worth. Two of those armed robberies were deadly. Blanca Maritza Lopez was shot and killed Sunday evening inside the apartment she shared with her boyfriend. According to court documents, neighbors heard two people arguing and then a loud boom. Investigators say he called 911 and then left. They say he dropped their three-month-old daughter on a relative's porch and he's been on the run since. He is believed to be a member of the gang MS-13 who has bragged about killing people. On Friday in federal court, MS-13 gang member 
Alder Garcia Miranda pled guilty to racketeering conspiracy, including the murder of a 23-year-old man in Frederick. MS-13 gang members were rounded up this morning charged in three murders. 16-year-old Kayla Cuevas and her 15-year-old best friend Nisa Mickens brutally beaten to death. Miguel Alvarez Flores and Diego Hernandez Rivera both face aggravated kidnapping and murder charges for allegedly killing a teenage girl during a satanic ritual last month in Texas. Detectives say the two alleged MS-13 gang members held the girl and two others between the ages of 14 and 16 at Say Alvarez Flores directed Hernandez Rivera to kill the girl as part of a satanic ritual after she had disrespected their shrine to Satanism. I mean, you hear all these things, uh, Steve Ronnebeck. The public doesn't hear about it. And I know that we've highlighted your case. I think you once told me that very few in the media ever came to talk to you about the death, the shooting death and the tragedy and the murder of your son. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that that the liberal media, they don't want to put it out there. You, CNN didn't cover it. Um, you know, they don't want to talk about it. it. Thanks to people like you, Fox News, um, some of the, the local affiliates for ABC and CBS, they covered it. But the liberal media and the, some of the mainstream media is so afraid of this subject, and they're so afraid to, you know, go against the narrative. And, and that's the big thing that, that we want to change. We want to change the narrative. You know, a, a lot of people don't understand that a lot of the crime that's spilling over into our country comes from the literal war between the cartels on the other side of the border. Last year alone, 32,000 Mexicans died at the hands of cartel violence. Sean, there was only 10,000 citizens of Iraq that died because of the violence in Iraq. So think about that. We'd be safer having Iraq as a border state than we would Mexico. You know, it just, it, just, it just seems to me, now, if this caravan, we'll see what Mexico ends up doing. We'll see if this caravan comes. Apparently, there's another one building behind it in El Salvador. But the reality is the president has been firm and couldn't be more clear. The same with the vice president. They're not getting in. We already have deployed and begun the deployment of troops to the border. If there's any confrontation down there, it will not be caused by American troops. It'll be caused by people that are not respecting our law, our sovereignty, and our borders. Um, I believe probably there will be some types of barriers put up in the meantime, temporary, albeit, uh, because if we had a wall, it wouldn't be an issue at any point, would it? No. And, and, and that's the big thing. Where we're going to go on uh, tomorrow morning, um, we're going to go to a section of the border where there's maybe one or two strands of barbed wire. You know, this caravan, yeah, you're going to see them trying to overwhelm the ports of entry. But what about in the middle of the night? What happens when things die down for the day or when people are busy with watching this situation? It's smoke and mirrors, Sean. They're going to go to these parts of the border that don't have any protection. They don't have a wall. They don't have a, a, a fence to speak of. And, and they're going to flood into the country. Well, we saw the fence didn't mean a thing at the southern border of Mexico. where They just knocked it down and, and charged through. I don't think that's going to be allowed to happen here. I'm sure there are contingency plans being made right now. And I would imagine barriers are part of that plan. And I would imagine as many troops are necessary to stop the invasion of the United States by people that are not willing to follow the laws that we have set out on immigration. The really sad thing is that we have utter silence on the left, 
and in even the almost outward support for people that want to violate our laws. I guess that's what we've been watching unfolding with sanctuary cities and states. And, you know, here we have even criminal aliens. I mean, in the case of, of your son, Grant, uh, how long was the murderer of your son in jail before he was let out and not handed over to ICE? Well, Sean, actually, the, the man who murdered Grant never served a day in jail or prison from his, his prior conviction. He wow. was on probation. Never served a day. And, and you see this all the time with a lot of these illegal immigrants. They plead it down or they use their DACA status or, you know, their children. They use their children. I mean, I've got anchor babies. I don't have anybody to take care of them. You know, it, they use this all the time. And, well, and you told you if you really to... want to talk about child separation at its in its finality, um, and the president was the one that fixed it, even though it existed in the Obama and Bush years. You're experiencing child separation forever. There's no hope. Your son was murdered. We, we can't bring him back from the dead. No, Sean, and, and it, it's like I told people. I spend Christmas, and we put up a Christmas tree on Grant's grave. I spend his birthdays and, and most of the other holidays. We spend with him at his grave. I mean, we we don't. That's the only way we have to to be with him. Obviously, you know anybody who believes in God and, and believes in heaven that he's with us all the time. Mm-hmm. But you need a place to go visit him, and and that's the likely place. And so you have all these angel families that that's what they do. This is what they have. We're never going to see them again. These these illegals that are bringing their children or using other children and screaming about separation, they're going to get to see their children again. They're going to be reunited by law within 7 to 12 days. That's by law. I don't listen, I, I, I just want to thank you for what you're doing. You're, you know, I listen to you and your strength, and, and obviously you're trying to prevent this from happening. All we're really asking for, nobody's against immigration. We just want it to be legal. We want to be able to vet the people that come into this country. They've got to be able to take care of themselves. And we want to know that they have the best interests of this country and love of this country that we have. And they're not going to be a burden or a threat to any of our our citizens that are here. And we don't have control of it now. But anyway, um, Steve, thank you for being with us. Our thoughts and prayers always with you, sir. You're a great American. And uh, I, I really pray for you and your family, as I know how hard this is every day. Sean, thank you. And thank you again for having me. It's good to talk to you again. Thanks, my friend. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. A lot more of this tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. All right, that's going to wrap things up for tonight. Uh, Hannity, tonight we have captured guy that's been sending these mail bombs. We'll have the latest developments on that case. Also, the politicizing of this issue by the left, how the left has ignored the most incendiary rhetoric leading up to this. Uh, We'll have Sebastian Gorka, Bernie Kerrick tonight, Joe Concha, Tammy Bruce. That's all coming up. That's 9 Eastern tonight on Hannity. Have a great weekend. We'll see you tonight at 9. 9. We'll be back here on Monday with just eight days to go. Ronald Reagan cut taxes, cut government spending, and gave us peace through strength. Now you can celebrate this great president with a limited-run, half-ounce silver coin from the top-rated precious metals company, Gold Co. All qualified listeners who visit HannityGold.com this week will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. 
So go to HannityGold.com and get yours free while supplies last. That's HannityGold.com. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation's mission is to do good and make sure we never forget. That means never forgetting 9-11, never forgetting the soldiers, the first responders that all risked their lives and bodies for our country and our communities, and never forgetting those who were sickened because of their service. Now, the foundation is committed to helping those heroes, their families, and that means heroes like retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Michael Cardoz. Now, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Cardoz served his country for 20 years. He received numerous commendations, including a Bronze Star, and during his time overseas, he was exposed to toxic burn pits. Now, 18 hours after being diagnosed with service-related cancer, sadly, he passed away. Tunnel to Towers then paid off the mortgage on the family home, enabling his widow and his six children to stay in that home, and that removed a huge financial burden. Donate 11 bucks a month. Just go to their website, the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation.